travel, it's one of life's greatest pleasures. When we journey abroad, we discover new places and meet fascinating people, but we also gain perspective and take on a wider view of the world around us. That was Trevor Ranges, and I'm Scott Coates. After more than 25 years living and working in Asia, we've developed an amazing network of interesting characters throughout the region. Talk Travel Asia is our way of sharing them with you. Plug in and get connected to hot tips, interesting perspectives, and expert travel advice as we cultivate travel insight through intelligent conversation. Welcome to Talk Travel Asia, episode 68, Weird and Wacky Asia. Okay, so today we're going to talk about some weird and wacky stuff. Culture shock is certainly something that occurs when traveling abroad. Here in Asia, there are many curious customs and holidays that are so different from what we experience at home that we find them kind of shocking. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean they're weird or wacky. They're just different. But there actually are some things here that are genuinely not normal. <laughs> is that fair to say? Yeah, this is uh, Scott, and of course that was Trevor, and we are recording in Bangkok here together over a nice cool beverage. And I agree, Trevor, one of the best things really about living in this part of the world as a Westerner is that I'm continually amazed. Yeah, you know, we recently did an episode on interesting Asian holidays. Yeah, I think that was like episode 62. We'll have a link on the show I notes. Think you're right, yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the holidays that they celebrate here are really interesting. We talked about the Rocket Festival and the yeah. Bonfai Pianak and, and some of the crazy stuff that they do uh -huh. for, for cultural or religious purposes. Um, today we're going to talk about some of the more weird and wacky experiences and attractions in Asia um, that we have either experienced or have not experienced but really ought to. Yeah, absolutely. There's a ton. There's just a ton of things. And you know, it's literally right in our backyard. I bet you we could go no further than a kilometer and actually find bugs to eat because Thais and in yeah. other countries they love bugs and apparently super high on protein, super healthy, but basically in Bangkok and other Asian areas, they'll, well here they have a guy and he has a cart on okay. the side of the road, usually eight to 10 like grasshoppers, even scorpions, big water beetles. Yeah. Um, and they're kind of like fried and maybe they spray some soy sauce on them, but they're a snack, man. People yeah. love them. That's kind of probably just a cultural thing, you know? Yeah. The, well, the, hey, it's food. But, food is but food. even for like tourism, like there's actually a new insect restaurant called Insects in the Backyard. Yeah. Um, that uh, <laughs> someone we know recently opened here in Bangkok or Tonbury. Um, it has a giant grasshopper sticking outside of the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's really cool. Um, but what I understand is that most of the crickets or grasshoppers that are eaten here in Thailand are from Cambodia. Oh, wow. They I capture not them know in Cambodia and export them here. And uh, actually, in Cambodia, I ate a tarantula oh. at a restaurant called Romdang in Phnom Penh. Yeah, I've um, been there. It's and a I think cool place. that's pretty weird. Yeah, I have seen tarantulas for eating for sale. I am not adventurous. I have had red ant salad or something yeah. at Romdang. Oh, the, the beef with red ants. Right, and, yeah. and Romdang's cool because it has some, you know, like kind of more normal for tourists. But they also, it's a great opportunity for, as a, a traveler, to strike out in a safe way and try some stuff there. Um, yeah, I mean, the spiders, Cambodians eat them, so Rom, Romdang's a good bet. Yeah, I, and the thing about Romdang, again, is just that it, it's, an, it's a nice restaurant. So they're cooking, they're cooking very local foods, but for Westerners. Because you can go up yeah. to Skun, which is just north of Phnom Penh, right. and that's like the real market for eating spiders. tarantulas. You get off the bus, and they come out with spiders on their sweater trying yeah. to sell you tarantulas. But I don't see too many foreigners eating the spiders No, I, I was kind of amazed they're trying to sell them because... And little frogs and, yeah. and stuff like that. So, One of the, 
Eating weird things, I think, is, is definitely a, a culture shock for lots of travelers. Yeah, and one of the few bugs I've eaten is actually called here in Thailand a rotduan, which is a bamboo mm. worm. Oh, yeah. And it's a very clean worm because mm. it actually only lives in the inside of the bamboo uh, stalk, yep. eats the flesh inside. And the first time I ever had it, and almost every time, has been in a town called Shengkong, which is in the far okay. north of Thailand on the Mekong River. It's the border crossing point to Hue Sai Lao. And we used to take travelers on trips up there, spend a night, and the next morning, Morning, we'd get a little boat and go up and find a sandy island on the Mekong and have a morning like grill barbecue and take a stalk of bamboo you buy it at the market and they've plugged it with like a cloth mm -hmm. you take the cloth out and you dump out these bamboo worms they're about an inch long white and you fry them quickly with some oil and salt mm -hmm. and a wok and it tastes like popcorn man they're really rich and actually now in Bangkok at some 7-elevens they have rotduan snacks like crisps you open them up and they're seasoned flavored bamboo worms does the bamboo does it look like the, the worm that you find in the agave like the tequila, tequila? Yeah, yes yeah. yes it looks you know, exactly. i had some of those in guacamole yeah. there was like an asian oh, fusion really? kind of guacamole yeah. with those bamboo worms pardon there is a worm in my food yeah. no <laughs> yeah. it tastes kind of bacony it was kind of bacony yeah they're very rich yeah. that was a cool one and you know like one of the things we're talking about what you love about Asia. We we're thinking about what keeps us here is that I remember I met this Englishman, Jeffrey Hattersley, um, in the first month. And he'd been here for a long time, works uh, for the royal family here in Thailand. And he's like, every day I go out, I don't know, I might see something crazy. And it's true. I've been here almost 18 years. And you will still see stuff you have never seen before. Yeah. And again, like I said, some of it's cultural. Some of it's just uh, the fact that... You know, it's kind of a, it's a bit more of a freer society here in many ways. That yeah, there aren't yeah. so many regulations on, on different things. So if you want to start up some kind of crazy business, it seems like it's much more possible here. Yeah, well, let's start out real slow, Trevor. Yeah. Uh, take us down. Take, take us down. Slow yeah, so down. one of my favorite kind of cultural quirks, um, it, it, like... It's a hammock, okay? And I love hammocks. And, and you can find I'm familiar with the hammock. Yeah, I'm you can a fan. find hammocks all around the world. And, yeah. And there are quite a few hammocks around Southeast Asia. Uh -huh. but, but Cambodian people probably love hammocks more than anyone else. They've taken the hammock to a, another level. You know, like you get into a, 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 the, the Cambodian tuk-tuk, a ramok. Yeah. Uh, and your driver, as soon as you leave the tuk-tuk, will usually hang a, a hammock in, in the, the back inside, of it. Yeah, right, yeah. inside of it and take a nap in, in his hammock. Just to um, chill out. Yeah. But they have like hammock bars in Cambodia. They are. They're serious about their hammocks. Yeah. So like there's one just north of Krache. Um, it's right on the Mekong River where uh -huh. the Irrawaddy dolphins are. Yeah. And it's just like this big kind of restaurant that's all open air you know they yeah. don't have any walls and then it's just filled with hammocks and and people can just lounge in hammocks next to the river and drink tea or have some snacks and watch the river go by yeah i've only done it outside of phnom penh i've done it two or three times but you can find hammock bars in the city still in phnom mm -hmm. penh and i've seen them in lots of other areas of cambodia and i plot it because i think it's a way to take like really affordable relaxing to another level cheaply mm -hmm. like okay you're gonna sit and have food and drinks how can we amp up this situation? <laughs> they throw up hammock. And like you said, it's kind of just a roof, open air. I've been to places above water and they bring you beers. They keep them on ice. You yeah. order dishes of food and you're expected to stick around for a good few hours and yeah. just like drink beer, snack on food and lay in a hammock. Yeah. <laughs> the, the most hammocks I've ever seen is uh, in the old capital north of Phnom Penh and it's called Udong uh -huh. near Udong Mountain. Yeah. It's probably the largest collection of hammocks 
per square kilometer on Earth, on Earth. per square meter. Yeah. It's just like surrounding the mountain there are these these big open air restaurants, and and each restaurant must have a hundred hammocks, and there's like ten or twenty of these restaurants. So there's literally thousands of hammocks. And then they just have like a little table next to each of the hammocks. And like you said, like people just order beers and... Sold. I'm going back in September. Because yeah. it's so hot in Cambodia during uh, the day. I'm going to go out there and yeah, you just see spend, this. I want to see like this. spend like the four hours of the hottest time of the day just kicking in a hammock. Just chilling. Beer. See how yeah. much beer you can drink in a hammock. It's great. Well, after you've drank beer in a hammock, you should probably go shoot a rocket launcher. Yeah, or it's like an AK-47. <laughs> yeah, Kalashnikov. M50, sure, why not? Yeah. And we can also do that in Cambodia, apparently. <laughs> yeah, Cambodia and uh, also in Vietnam. A friend of mine was at the Chu Chi Tunnels recently. And yeah, I shot some. heard it goes down there. Assault rifles here. Now, I, I have gone uh, near the killing fields in Phnom Penh. And um, shot a gun and stuff? No, I didn't shoot. I'm not a big fan of guns, but I had some friends that shot an AK-47 and uh, like an M50, I think, which is like a large Because they have shooting ranges. For listeners, it's not uncommon around tourist areas in Vietnam and Cambodia that there be a shooting range. Yeah, something. and you can just yeah. buy rounds of ammunition and, and you can shoot guns shoot the big at, guns. at targets and stuff like that. And like, um, like vehicle-mounted machine guns too and stuff yeah that's like what an m50 is right yeah yeah yeah. Um, now the big legend is that you can buy an rpg rocket propelled grenade and and you can buy a cow and blow it up (laughs) and uh i don't actually know anybody who's no i've heard of it i've heard of people that have heard of it that have seen it i'm sure you can do it you know like i would bet at the right place on the right day where they know one no one's watching and like i'm sure for a few thousand bucks it can happen yeah if you're willing to pay for the cow and you're willing to pay for an rpg round in cambodia they would let you do it we absolutely do not recommend doing this we do not recommend doing it after drinking either. No. Um, but a friend of ours, he brought his son to Cambodia, um, young kid, and let him shoot off all sorts of stuff, whatever really? he could shoot off. And maybe we'll show some video of that on our show notes. There's an attraction. Go to your show notes, watch some... some. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll just let people search that one on their own. I don't <laughs> know where they are. And the other thing is, these kind of things change monthly, right? Like if one you know provincial governor or whatever changes the law all this might change and it's probably tamed up but that's yeah. a that's a wild one you said there's something with the Thai army you can go and train with yeah them or you know I've, I've heard about this for years and i've always wanted to do it and originally i heard that you could drive a tank and so i was like that would well, be you awesome. can shoot an rpg in cambodia but you can drive a tank in in thailand if you could shoot the tank too, and, that would be and awesome. i don't know that you can actually drive the tank and i know that they have like uh there are some army museums there's a cavalry museum yeah, yeah, where yeah. they have old tanks so if you're into old tanks you can go to the cavalry museum so where can i drive um, a tank well I don't know that you can, but I know that now in recent years, the, the Royal Thai Army has opened up numerous military training camps. I think there's a paratrooper camp. There is the, a paratrooper camp, and they have, yeah. like, static line paratrooper yeah. jumping, and basically you have to go for, like, a week. And it's it has, intense. like, rock climbing, jungle trekking, survival yeah. courses, and they're run, like, basic training mm. where, like, basically you're, you're going to pay the Army, and I don't think it's a lot of money because it's, like, the Army. My friend is in the Army right now. They only pay soldiers three thousand baht a month. It's like eighty dollars, you know. So. Yeah, they can charge travelers yeah. more than that. Yeah, so Thais have a good military, and I've read about this. I think a paratrooper course. It's yeah. like seriously hard and badass for. Yeah, a week. it's like, like a one week long thing. And you I think stay. you might have to. You have to go with a certain number of jumps. One I read about even. Oh really? Yeah, it was kind of they had different levels, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and it's up in Lopbury, I think. That's it's right. The it's a couple hours north yeah. of Bangkok. Yeah, not um, too far. And they don't do it like all year round. Yeah, and, and it's not easy to find out. I'm gonna find out, and I'm gonna put it on our show notes. Yeah. And 
then people can email me and then I will go and do the paratrooper course with them. Yeah, you've kind of got to want to do it, but that I, will, I do want to do it. That'll be a good one. Um, but yeah, so that's a really cool example of, of something that's not dangerous per se. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, there's military people supervising you. Um, but it is representative of the fact that Thailand is full of weird and wacky stuff. Yeah, well, if you were not very successful in the paratrooper course, you maybe would end up at the Forensics Museum of Bangkok. (laughs) And this is a place where, you know, we were talking before this episode uh, about how Bangkok is a city where I've been here, you know, near 17 years and uh, there's always something to see. And this was the Siri Rat Medical Museum. The Museum of Forensics. So Siri Rat, the, the museum is at the Siri Rat Hospital. That is a hospital that's more or less opposite the Grand Palace in Bangkok, just on the other side of the river. If you go up to Tamasat University, just north of the Grand Palace, you can catch the river ferry across really cheap. But then you got to kind of walk through the buildings of the hospital. There's some signs and there's not a sign. And you find it. And it's like, I wouldn't say on your first trip to Thailand, you should go. But maybe on your second or third, when you're kind of like, I've seen most of the stuff, yeah. I want to see something different. And there's good uh, street food outside the hospitals and whatnot as well. But you go in here, and there's all kinds of different areas. I mean, they show, they have Thailand's one of the worst serial killers who apparently ate people. Yeah. Kind of like semi-mummified in a case uh. standing there. But you know what's grossest? There's a pan under him to catch the drippings. Yeah. There's drippings of the body. They have a section about, um, you know, um, people that are deformed and, and during uh, the development process. They show things from like brand new fetus up every week and what they look like size-wise and deformed ones, the sign on serial killers, um, viruses. Like, Uh, it's not world-class, but it's No, my girlfriend was telling me today that uh, her parents won't let her go because it's probably haunted. We should do an episode on hauntings in in Asia. Hauntings in Asia, that would be a good one, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Thai people are very superstitious, and this seems like a place that if there's anywhere, there's going to be spooky things going on. It's not awesome, but again, third visit maybe it was intriguing enough that we still talk about it once in a while right? yeah hey it's you know what else i think well. is on the, that same side of the river right around there is the the museum of counterfeit goods i've heard of that i, I haven't been there. no but yeah counterfeit and, goods. and i think there's some sort of like barbie museum or some kind of doll there is museum. a doll museum yeah. and bangkok has all kinds of crazy museums yeah yeah I think yeah. just a museum episode. But yeah, the Forensic Museum seems like it would be pretty interesting to check out. An interesting one. And and another interesting one uh, where things go to die is an airplane graveyard on Ramkamhang Road. And Ramkamhang Road is out in the eastern suburbs. It kind of runs out almost to Sawanapum Airport, the Bangkok's main airport. And what's weird about this place, I think it really only came about five, six years ago. It's on Ramkamhang uh, Roy Sam, which is 103, which is a street number. I lived on 107 for my first year and it wasn't there. And they used to have some Boeing planes and now they have two MD 82 jetliners from Orient Thai Airlines that mm. somehow they were brought there and people lived in them. But now yeah. I know they've gotten a lot of press and I think it's more some squatter families that are kind of running admission to go in and see it now more than anything. Yeah, we just, uh, for for the magazine, uh, we just did a fashion shoot out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, someone was saying that they're, they're charging like $20 for foreigners to get into the place. I'd read it was like 100 baht, but now I wouldn't doubt if, if people are trying to cash in. So yeah. if it's that amount of money, not worth it. And to be out on Ramkamhang there, like I lived out that way for 13 years. It's a great 
true urban tie area, yeah. but They're again, this... really into airplanes. Like, how many airplanes do they have out there? Airplanes, I think two. Oh, just two? I no. think two at the really? moment. Yeah, I think there's two, and they're kind of bigger, and they're disassembled. And All right, right, then. I'm not that interested. In yeah, I mean, it would have to be a third, fourth trip niche thing, but you know what? If you were to go out there, street food out on Ramkameng is great. The National Stadium, Rajamangala, if you timed it with a sundown, like jog or walk around the National Stadium to see people do activities... Yeah. I mean, it would be kind of interesting, maybe walk on the canals if you can yeah. figure it out. But it, it's a bit yeah. of a tough one. Much more interesting, I think. And you know what? Now that I think about it, this should be weird and wacky Bangkok because there's so many of these things. Are yeah, here in we're, the city. we're pretty Bangkok. But, but this one is the Bangkok Snake Farm, which uh, snakes. We probably could have done in episode 66, which is uh, animals of Asia, like animal we tourism. We could, but this one's a Again, weird if, and wacky. If you guys are into animals, uh, go back and have a listen to episode 66. Um, but the Bangkok Snake Farm, if you're scared of snakes or into snakes or think snakes are good or bad, like you should go because it's, it's kind of creepy. This is a, a royal red cross. Oh, this, this is legit, full on yeah. legit, like, right? The, the snake farm, which is called the Queen Sawaba Memorial Institute, um, was founded in 1922. It's a long time ago. Um, yeah, and it was originally created to come up with vaccines for rabies and uh, anti-venin for snake bites. Right, okay. Um, but what they do now is they do snake handling and ven venom milking demonstrations. Right, of king cobras and yeah, stuff, Yeah, like king right? cobras Huge and thai cobras. cobras and, and they literally let them out like right in front of you. And they'll like lunge at people. And the but guy there's like, a barrier, right? No, no. Well, last no, time I was no, there, there was a barrier. barrier. Really? Yeah. I got video of this. We should If I find that video, I'll put that up on the... When thing. I was there, there was a bit of a no. They're like lunging at people, and then the guy grabs its tail and it spins around and snaps at him. And and we figure if there's any place you're going to get bit by a, a, a venomous like cobra, could be there. It's there because they have the anti-venom. Because a Thai cobra, sure. the Thai cobra, if you get bit by a Thai cobra, you'll die in like 30 minutes. And it takes Whoa. 15 minutes for the anti-venin to to work. So you've got like a 14 minute. You've window. got like 14, 15 minutes 14. to get the shot. Or you're going to die. So, like, if you're going to get bit by a Thai Cobra, I reckon that's... The that's place. the place. Yeah, I've been there many, many years ago. And it's very central, too. Yeah, It's right uh, around the Saladang Skytrain area, right. just off Siloam Road, near to Lumpini Park. Mm. So you can kind of combine it with some other stuff. I enjoyed it. I've sent family there with uh, my niece. And, and I've sent other people. And I think everyone, if you're in the area, like a long trip to get there for only that, no. No, it's that right in the middle of the city. People like don't even know it's there. And it's it's yeah. such a great thing to check out. It, is, it is pretty good. Well, sticking to snakes, we don't condone the following, nor have we done it. But I've heard multiple tales of being able to drink snake blood. And I've heard that if you go to the Klongtai, which uh, Klongtai is sort of the, the Bangkok slum on Rama 4, um, that you can still get a snake, they hang it on a hook, they slice it open and serve you the warm snake blood. I've never done it, but I know I've spoken with uh, author Jerry Hopkins, who's famous for the Doors book, No One Gets Out Alive, yeah. Rolling Stone writer. He has extreme cuisine, and he told me over beers that, I mean, you have to really look for it now, and I think it's kind of cruel, but you can still do that. And that's only like a kilometer and a half from my house. Yeah. No. <laughs> so we could get bugs and drink snake's blood for, like for, very I close mean, to for me. getting the snake's blood, I think Klongtole Market should be on Weird and Wacky. It is. That is a great market to Absolutely. walk around. Like, we used to do a haunted yeah. house for orphan kids. Of course uh, you did. Back in the day. Right. And you know like in, in America or Canada when you have a haunted house you have like, you put your hand in the box and this oh, is like eyeballs and it's, and it's yeah. yeah. 
But we went to Columbia Market. real brains. We did. We got real really? eyeballs. Yeah, we got real <laughs> brains. It was awesome. That's and great. people are like, wow. Like, this is, you know. Yeah, you know what? Klungtai Market is a good one. So basically, Wireless Road, or sorry, Asok Road on the north end off Sukhumvit near Asok Skytrain Station and Underground. If you follow it towards Rama 4 Road, the intersection of what would be Asok, but it's called something else, and Rama 4 Road, Klungtai Market is great go there it's massive you'll see live birds you'll see everything and it's safe it's very safe it's near an mrt station yeah it's a little the smelly clean circuit and, uh, it is smelly if you're a vegetarian you might get a little queasy yeah, but, but um, otherwise it is a great site i take yeah. people and i buy stuff there it's a good um, one but back to the snake thing uh, yes yeah, they also do that in vietnam the, the snake blood drinking i actually i just shared this with a friend of mine who who drank some vietnamese snake whiskey where it was like a little bit of snake venom like cobra venom yeah mixed in with with whiskey, um, but I shared with her a video of my friend Cole who drank the fresh cobra blood, and then they served him the still beating cobra heart in a shot glass yeah. with some whiskey, yeah. um, and we're going to share a link to, to Cole's video for coconuts um, of him drinking the snake blood and drinking or, or eating the, the that snake's is heart. unbelievable. Yeah, and... and I don't know that I would do that. I haven't even tried the, their whiskey that they do, but in the Vietnamese, and, and I think the Chinese as well, they like to make big vats of whiskey with snakes and birds and, and stuff like that soaking in it. That's horrific, yeah. I mean, we don't condone it, but you can it's do a it. Culture, I, again, like, we shouldn't say that it's necessarily wrong. No, it's, it is it's, cultural. It's, a, it's, it's and different. And I'm looking at the video. You will, Are you watching the video? Well, I just looked at it, and yeah. there is a video. You can see him drink the beating heart. So that yeah. is a, a pretty crazy one. Well, I mean, after drinking beating cobra hearts, everything yeah. is yeah, much more sensible. Yeah, tubing doesn't seem so dangerous anymore, Yeah, does so it? <laughs> this topic more actually... people have died on this topic, this next topic, than eating than, cobra hearts. Than eating cobra hearts. That is true. So many more people have. There's a place called Vang Vien, and so Luang Prabang, which is one of the is places that almost everyone goes in Laos. Laos. Um, if you head, I believe, like five, six hours south of there, you'll hit Vang Vien, which like is on the road. Vang Vien is halfway between Luang Prabang and... More. It's closer to Vien Chan? Uh, no. Yes, but much closer to Vien Chan, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's kind of famous. It was huge for backpackers for a decade or so of like, you go there, you smoke weed, but then along the river... There's all kinds of bars, and they've all built like a giant swing or a makeshift water slide, and they serve like cheap drinks. So you'll go on a tube, you'll pop into the bar, you'll have a shot of something, you'll yeah, zip down the. Down. This, this, on this river, you can rent inner tubes, uh -huh. and within the the river, there's small islands, and they set up bars on these islands, and they set up bars along the sides of the river, right. um, just outside of Bang Vieng, north and south almost. I think it's all around the... Because the, the, the town's small. Right along the Nam Song River. It's a sleepy yeah. little town. Yeah, with beautiful Karts Mountains. Like. Oh, the, the area is beautiful. Yeah, but, it's uh, Yeah, people went there specifically just to ride inner tubes down the river and, and drink as much as they possibly could. Full on backpacker circuit. Yeah. I think it was like one of the main stops. Like go ride tubes, get blasted, yeah, go swing tubing. on swings. Yeah. yeah so, uh, um, but the number of people drowned a um, lot. They had like rope swings that, that gets really shallow the water sometimes. And, and some people, yeah. I mean, I think out. you should be able to do whatever you want and be responsible for yourself. That said the last couple of years, I'd say starting around like, uh, 2015, 2014, 
you can imagine most bad things don't get reported, yeah. but there was enough foreign nationals that were like high on mushroom steaks and bang their head on a rock coming off a, yeah. you know, a questionably built water slide while drunk. And, you know, I mean, you put all those things together, things happen. But I have heard from various people that there's a lot of development going on in Vagvian, like nicer hotels, three, it's four so story. It's so beautiful. That Vagvian yeah. area, is, it's gorgeous. But it still won't be overrun for a decade. They've no. toned down the, the river party thing, but apparently there's less bars, but you still can get in a kayak or a tube and have a drink at this place and go off their swing. And, you know, I haven't been, but uh, I'm definitely going to get there in the next year. Yeah, I didn't do the tubing when I was there because it was uh, the, the river was low, so it mm. wasn't really. Uh, and then I think you can uh, you can take the river and, and that's that must be a tributary of the Mekong then because the Mekong, I guess the Mekong is a bit to the to the west because it's along the border of thailand and laos yeah um but i think you can take the you can't take tubes but you can kayak from vang vieng south not quite all the way to vientiane but because uh, there's like a kind of a you can end up in a there. huge there's a big reservoir yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. Uh, near tah uh, it's called and that would probably be about 40k yeah. north of but, uh, uh, vientiane yeah. not too tubing far. is definitely a unique thing and super and unique I, I don't condone the the drunken drowning but i'm glad that they the laotian government has realized that you know it, it is a thing and, and if they can control i hope it, they can control yeah. it nicely and not totally take it away because i am not against the idea of having drinks and yeah. partying on a river now about a year or so ago <laughs> i did three or four different water parks in the three or four month span really um in various countries around the region okay and one of the most interesting ones that i did was the splash down water park man i've been wanting to go to one um, of these which is just outside of patia in uh, Thailand, which is, right? which is a weird and wacky kind of place. Okay. Um, yeah, just uh, just down the coast here from Bangkok in Pattaya, um, there's a Splashdown Water Park, which is based on the TV game show Wipeout. Yeah, so, that you've seen great. Wipeout. Yeah, I've seen so Wipeout. they had the big red balls, and the big red balls was probably the most dangerous thing. It's like they're these giant inflatable red balls, and you have to try and run, jump from like ball to ball to ball to get to the other side. Slip, get smashed, yeah, slip, and knocked and into water. Bash your head against them, and you know I hurt my neck a bit. It's kind of dangerous. I, I, <laughs> I think I only actually even completed one of the obstacles. Oh really? Yeah, they weren't that easy. Do they have commentators on loudspeakers <laughs> making up. cheeky things? I, have, about I definitely have video. He's a loan officer at a sperm bank. I'll share some video <laughs> yeah. from the Splashdown Water Park on our show notes. Okay. Um, it's really cool. There's also a Nickelodeon water park. I've heard near. that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, that would probably be really cool. I didn't yeah. try that one. Um, but but Thailand and, and Southeast Asia definitely have some great water parks. Um, again, America has them too, but but not nearly as dangerous perhaps as, as these. This, I think this is a bit safer than tubing. Swim with a buddy. Swim but, with but a it's buddy. Still, uh, it's still like, you know, the fact that it's a little bit dangerous makes it all that much more fun hey this is southeast asia if we yeah. wanted everything to be normal and flat and well paved we would have stayed home yeah um this next one is the happy pizza in cambodia and one of the things i love about asia i'm not saying it should be completely lawless but in my time as things as things develop the f some of the fun mm. stuff gets regulated like yeah. and i remember happy pizzas were everywhere and now they're kind of getting a little less in cambodia yeah. so what is a you happy know, pizza weird Trevor? because like again like in in cambodia at the russian market you used to be able to buy like a dollar kilo of marijuana a dollar kilo a dollar a kilo and the cambodians didn't really consider marijuana like a big problem they cook it with it in soup yeah for, a, they, they feed thing. into pigs when they're transporting pigs and stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah. so most cambodian people don't really consider 
marijuana a big problem. No. And it's kind of weird now. Or is it? While America and Canada are legalizing it, they, they it's becoming less and less Well, because our government's forced them to... Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in Cambodia still, in, in Phnom Penh and Siem Reap and a few other places, you can still get a happy pizza. Right. And, and it's usually from a place that's called Happy Pizza... Yeah, or right. extra happy pizza, yeah. or or super delighted yeah, pizza, or ecstatic. Or yeah, ecstatic is one ecstatic pizza. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you can get like regular happy or extra happy, and and it's basically a, a pizza that they cook with with some, some local weed marijuana on it. Yeah, and and the greatest thing about it is like if you want to get extra pepperoni, they yeah. charge you more. But if you want to get like a, a extra happy pizza, wheat? yeah, they don't charge extra for the extra wheat. Yeah, we just sprinkle that extra bit on yeah. there. Yeah. Um, now, again, you should be cautious if you've never eaten a happy pizza. Yeah, we the, the disclaimer here is we don't advocate it, but we also don't know. It's a wild card, right? Yeah. Because we've both had them. Yeah. And I've had them before where just got a tiny buzz, and I've had them where I've had a very nice big buzz. You got to know yourself. Yeah. You got to clear your schedule. Who, again, like he, he ate some and he's like, oh, I don't feel anything. Right. And then he mm. kept eating. He ate the whole pizza and then he had to fly back to Bangkok. And then while he was on the airplane, oh, he started my. sweating. Oh, and then he started no. freaking out. And then he's like, everybody's staring at me. They're going to think I'm a terrorist. And like, <laughs> you know, like, so you do have to respect the pizza. Yeah. I, I think if you're going to do it, clear your schedule. Preferably have maybe a friend around that's not no, doing the happy pizza. No, just get in the tuk and go to Angkor Wat. Go to the temples. Yeah, yeah. I, you and I have done that before. Yeah. Had a pizza and gone to the temples. It's a good one. Yeah. There's less and less doing it, but it is certainly a unique thing. Yeah. Tread carefully. Happy pizza is kind now, of a neat one. If you were able to get a happy pizza yeah. in the Inlay Lake area of this Myanmar, would be great to see. I would recommend that you go to the Jumping Cat Temple. I'm going there in December, so I'm going to go see this. Okay. I definitely can't pronounce this, uh, so you should check it out on the show notes. But there is a monastery um, that's nicknamed the Jumping Cat Temple. Uh-huh. It's at Inlay Lake, which is in the Shan State. Correct. In, in like kind of north central, north central eastern Myanmar near the, the Thai border. Mid, yeah. Um, it's a pseudo-autonomous province. Uh, oh, yeah? Where, where when I went, I, I haven't been to Myanmar since 2002. Huh. Um, and they advertised, yes, we have Google. Yes, we have Yes, Hotmail. we have Google. Yeah. Um, but the Jumping Cat Temple um, is basically a temple inside of a lake that, if you're into Buddhism, they have some really amazing Buddhist statue, uh, Buddha statues uh-huh. um, from all around the world, from like Tibet and Nepal okay. and, and all these different countries, which, which is the coolest thing about the, the temple, I thought. But they also have cats that jump through hula hoops. Cool. Are they on fire? No, there's just some dude sits around inside the temple with a hula hoop and cats come by and they jump through the hula hoop and he gives them little snacks. Treats. Oh, who can yeah. blame him? I'd jump through a snack for a candy bar yeah, or a no, nice I, ice cream I read treat. from one of these guidebooks saying like, oh, it's exploitive of animals. <laughs> like, I can't see how like giving a cat some treat for jumping through cats a hula hoop. Cats don't do anything they don't want to do. <laughs> no. but, but that's about as weird and wacky as it gets. That's kind of cool. And yeah. uh, Well, I'm going to check that out when I'm there. And another one I'm going to check out uh, when I'm in Myanmar uh, this December are the Mustache Brothers in mm. Mandalay. And I've heard mixed things. That is a, a tourist. They speak in Burmese. Mm. And you don't get so much of what the actual show is. But like Joe, comedians, right? Yeah, Joe Cummings, it was on episode 62. He told me about them like a decade or more ago because he wrote one of, I think he may have, he wrote one of the 
make maybe third or fourth edition of the uh, Myanmar, Burma, Lonely Planet. And so these, it was a trio, two brothers and a cousin, and they were kind of a comedy trio, and they're still performing, but they would give kind of screwball comedy with a very hard edge to political commentary. Yeah, and these were in the days when Myanmar was closed, and they would really skirt the line between what would get you locked up and what wouldn't. And people would come to hear kind of their jokes that were always subtly layered with commentary against the military government. And actually, the group went to prison twice in 96 mm. and 2007. And one of the original guys, Upa Pale, died in 2013. But the other two gentlemen still perform. Mm. Uh, we have a link to a YouTube video by them, and they have a Facebook page, which has not been updated in a long time. They've got to be pretty old now. But, I mean, to see really a legendary troop that has done time because of their politics yeah uh, i'm definitely going to see it in december i wonder what kind of screwball comedy is it like it's like they're they're the the burmese marx brothers or or something like that it kind of looks like that i watched the clip and i mean it's not that exciting but put it into context right people that for three plus decades found a way to comment against one of the world's most oppressive military regimes yeah. while making people laugh yeah that, that's quite a skill i guess yeah say. It, it, and, and it, it really is and the mustache brothers so are they like the marx brothers or like the larry moe and curly uh, i think yeah. a subtle blend of both Trevor. probably yeah. okay well i see one of the last ones you have here is a homestay what's speaking up with that speaking of mustaches i believe speaking of mustaches i believe rajon jones did have a mustache i've heard he has a tremendous stash what? When I was backpacking through Southeast Asia in 1996, right. um, this is pre-internet, uh, I heard through word of mouth about a guy named Rajan Jones, okay. who lived with the indigenous Orang Asli tribe in central Malaysia. Okay. Um, so there was a lake called Tasikchini, and I was told to like get off the bus. I was on like a local bus, off a local bus. And then I got a motorbike to, to give me a ride to Tasikchini to ask somebody where this dude Rajon Jones lived. Sounds like a weird song. Yeah. Okay. Right? And he had this corrugated iron or steel rectangle, like concrete slab with corrugated steel around it. Right. With like eight beds with mosquito nets just hanging sounds from delightful him. yeah and he's like oh you're so lucky he was an indian man he's like, oh you're so lucky mm -hmm. that i have a bed because like it was like 6 p.m when i showed up uh -huh. and, and there only happened to be one bed and i was like i wouldn't even know how else i would have made a booking um but that that first night i slept in this mosquito net and i heard some noises and i turned on my flashlight and literally the entire mosquito net was like covered with like, it was like a horror scorpions movie? And, oh. and centipedes and giant no. moths. Like literally, like, like turn oh. the flashlight off. And it was just like, I didn't really just see that. Oh. Um, but Rajon Jones, I actually Googled him yesterday and, and he's still around and he still has his homestay oh. and he does nature and culture student educational programs Watch um, for local people it says to learn and explore about the orang asli indigenous people and culture to step out of your comfort zone to be adaptable with limited resources and comfort <laughs> yeah that sounds about right yeah to learn the different species of plants and animals still available to understand and know the resources from the jungle for food and drink Okay, so basically what Rajon Jones did then, and apparently still does now, is he takes you out into the jungle and he teaches you how the Orang Asli people live Dude. off the land. That's cool. And they taught us how to make whip snares, 
like uh-huh. a whip snare out of a bamboo sapling in order to catch jungle rats, which they then barbecued like right there in the woods. Whoa. And, and then he, he climbed this tree and he cut this vine that captures water and taught us how to like find water, like drink out of vines and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure I don't have what it takes to succeed I, I almost there. stepped on a cobra. He yeah. showed us like this place where a tiger had made a bed in the ground. They like dig, no. you know, like cats like scratch and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't have and, and it's so cool that like Rajon Jones is still out there like allowing people to experience a, a very traditional way of, of life that, that doesn't really exist uh, in many places in the world. Sounds so. super cool. I don't think I could cut it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're pretty much to the end. And we added this one right at the end. And it's kind of funny because when we were brainstorming topics, we, this one was not on our list. Yeah. Because I think we just know of it and it is such a big tourist site. But then we thought, you know, it is weird and wacky. And these are the Kuchi Tunnels just outside of Ho Chi Minh City. And these are the very famous underground tunnel network that Mm. the Viet Cong sort of dug their way literally into Saigon or what is now Ho Chi Minh City. And you can go out there and go into the tunnels underground and see like kitchens and movie theaters and how they moved. I don't know they had a movie theater. Yeah, there's a movie theater. I've seen a movie theater. They had a little movie theater. But some of these tunnels are like a guy my size, you would not fit through. They're yeah, tiny. And it, it's bloody amazing. Yeah, I'm claustrophobic. It's and, and the ones that they let the tourists go in, they dug out to make them wider. Yeah, to make them bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Chuchi is... And it's uh, still cramped and small. Yeah. And uh, near Chuchi is the Kaudai Temple, uh-huh. um, which is this really curious religion that started in Cambodia. I'm sorry, in Vietnam. And uh, Victor Hugo is one of their prophets. Of course he is. Yeah. Yeah. And they have this really curious uh, temple and they do curious kind of rituals and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, and, and again, I don't know a whole lot about it, but uh, when we went to Chu Chi, we went to visit the Kaudai Temple at the same time. Okay. Um, so I think that's kind of a, a curious one-two combo. Um, and we talked about museums before. I know in Ho Chi Minh City, they also have like the War Crimes Museum. Yeah, I've been to that. It's worth yeah. seeing. It's, uh, yeah, that's a weird and wacky it's, one, the War Crimes Museum. Yeah, yeah, I don't know weird and wacky. It's a little bit depressing. It's sobering, but, uh, but I mean, it's, yeah. it's weird. Um, but I think uh, in general... I, I know that we missed some other things. I, well, they're I, the ones that we know and yeah. the ones that we've been to. And We might uh, have to do a Weird and Wacky Asia Part 2. What do you know? There could be a sequel. Because any good franchise, I mean, that's what we're working for. Because, you know, franchise. like, again, just off the top of my head, like, we did a lot of stuff in Bangkok here just because we both lived in Bangkok for so long and there's so many weird and wacky things going on in Bangkok. Mm-hmm. But just, I was like, Japan, man. Like, there's no weird and wacky stuff in there's Japan. There's tons. We'll have to do two and tons of weird three and four stuff. and five. Yeah, we should definitely follow this up with uh, with a weird and wacky two. Yeah, so thanks for listening to episode 68. There'll uh, be another episode in two weeks. What will it be? I don't know. You're going to have to check. Know. You should come to our website, uh, talktravelasia.com. Yep. Uh, you can visit our show notes for this episode. Uh-huh. We'll have links to all of the different attractions. Like You can make a booking at Rajon Jones Jungle Homestay. Yep. Or you can watch a video of our friend Cole drinking a yeah. Cobra Heart. Um, and you can get links to all of our other episodes, including uh, episode 69, um, which will be something amazing yeah okay huge over and out thanks for listening thanks for joining us on talk travel asia we look forward to sharing with you again soon hey scott do you remember the time we walked on top of the wall at Angkor Thom and 